Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Pete is tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three three. 22 to Raja. Saw the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. All right. Welcome to Cannell and Bell presented by Citizen. Hanging out Tuesday. I'm back from vacation. Welcome back, Holmes. Back from vacation. How were the slopes? It was good. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. I got a story I got to get to. All right. I know Coca is just, they're like, they're the dying. whole control room just can't wait to hear every detail of this travel story Regale that I have for them. Tales, sir. Let's All right. go. So but I do want to tease the show because we got to do a combine recap. You don't have I was to. Out. Don't go obligated. Get right into <laughs> it. Right. Get we right into it. We got Lakers lose again. Yeah. But, so, was on vacation. You knew this. Yeah. Was out skiing with the family. Had a good time. So we're supposed to come back Sunday. Our flight is Monday right. from Denver. Mm-hmm. It's the cheaper flight than Vail. <laughs> so I'm thinking, like, we had a nice two-bedroom condo in Vail. Right. Like, well, let's just drive back to Denver Sunday night, save some money, yep. get a cheaper hotel, yep. just going to crash there, catch our flight out. So we go Sunday afternoon. It's been snowing a lot all weekend, which yeah, is great. that is cool. But it was getting, like, we're talking like a foot to 18 inches overnight. Yeah. So the roads are a little bit treacherous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we go out and we ski. We get back around 1 o'clock, and I'm like, all right. We're, the plan was to leave at 2 o'clock. Right. So I'm like, uh-oh. I'm like, what are we going to do? I mean, I'm talking like blizzard conditions. Yeah. I can't really see that well. We have a, we've rented a minivan. No, no, no. No four-wheel drive, no all-wheel drive, just a minivan. No, 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 no. So I start looking online, on the I'm road. doing some research, <laughs> I'm doing some research, and I'm like, should we go? I call the front desk, and they're like, well, it's probably going to take a while. Now, mind you, I have driven from Vail to Denver probably 50 times. Okay. Like over the last- How long of a drive? 15 years. It usually takes two hours, 15 minutes. Okay. Two and a half, maybe. Mm-hmm. The most it's ever taken me is about three and a half hours. That's the most, that's okay. the longest it's ever taken me. So- we call, I call the front desk and they're like, what should we do? I'm like, I'm looking at these updates. It said I 70 had some, you know, spin outs, some crashes. They said it's, you know, delays out there. So I'm like, all right. I'm like, well, so I'm like, should we stay? Yes. You should. Yes. It, it's no brainer. For some reason, my wife and I, we were like, well, let's just go. Like, just screw it. We'll be, right. even if it takes a long time, like say it takes four hours. You're already there. You then I got to worry about getting there to get the flight. I got right. you. I, right. I, I, so I then we can yeah. relax. We go out to yeah. dinner in Denver, yeah. like have a good time. So we set out. We set out on the road. Going down, like, just to get to I-70, we're sliding a little bit. Uh, <laughs> like, we're all out. My wife's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, we're fine. We just have to go super slow. My wife's yeah. like, yeah, we'll just go slow. Who right. cares how long it takes us? Plus, I figure I-70, the road conditions are probably a little bit better. Right. So we get out to I-70. The road conditions are better. This oh. is what happened. Oh. There was an avalanche that actually came down and crossed I-70, like across the highway. Oh. So it closed down the highway. And you're sitting in that? Well, we got to drive about 10 miles. It's about 80 mile an hour drive. Right. About 10 miles we were driving, and it was probably 30 miles an hour. But at least it was like, all right, I don't care. We're moving. Like, we're going slow. Right. Then we come to a stop. And I'm looking at the updates on Twitter from this uh, Twitter, uh, Colorado Department of Transportation. Right. So I find out about the avalanche, and it says I-70 closed. So I'm like, all right, but we're 10 miles farther from where we were we checked out of our room i'm like all right we'll wait an hour or so yes two hours we sit there and just stopped like people are getting out of their cars like having snowball fights like taking leaks like they're going to the bathroom my kids thankfully have the ipads in the back seat. right so then we start moving after two hours but we i'm talking like now we're going like three miles an hour for like 50 feet then stop oh. like total stop and go traffic describing like my oh nightmare. my wife was and this is only after two hours my worst so, nightmare you're so describing we get going and then for some we're like we have to go like i know it's you figuring you're coming down from the mountain but there's still ups and downs through sure. the mountains 
So we have to go up this slight incline, and mind you, it's really snowy on the road. Yeah. Right? There's a lot of snow. You don't see pavement. So I'm starting to spin. Oh. I'm telling you, I had white knuckles, oh. and I'm trying to just barely touch the gas. Yeah. If you touch it too hard, it's they start spin spinning. Out. Yeah. So I'm doing this over and over, spin a couple times, but then, like, I get some grip, and we go. So then this one time, I go, and I'm spinning, and, like, it's starting to lose the back end. You're fishtailing. Fishtailing, yeah. going sideways into another lane. Mm-mm. I get out of the car. Like, I was like, oh, crap. I'm like, babe, we're screwed. Yeah. Like, we are screwed. Yeah. Get out of the car, and I'm, like, waving at people. Because I figure if I can just get somebody to bump me a little bit, like, just give me a nudge to yes. moving forward, I'll catch traction. Catch traction. Good. Yeah. So, like, a couple dudes just, like, they're, like, pissed at me for, like, holding up the traffic. <laughs> so, I'm like, well, screw you. I'm like, I need help. Right. So, then I get I get this guy in this Jeep Cherokee. I'm waving him down. He rolls down his window. He's like, what? And I was like, can you give me a little bump? He literally goes, sorry, bro. I don't want to mess up my bumper. <laughs> It just goes right by me. I know you got problems. Oh, I, see I, was, your, I see your beautiful family there. I get right. that you're stranded. I'm worried about my so bumper. My bumper is really important. So I'm waving down yeah. people on I-70 to try to get a bump. So then the Subaru comes. Subarus are no, Subarus good are in the great. snow. Subarus. I had a Subaru deal when I was in Utah. They're the best in Laughed the snow. when I first got it. It was phenomenal. They're the best in the yeah. snow. So then I find these, like, they're like four, like probably in their 20s w- girls. Yeah. And I'm waving them down. I'm like, hey, I'm like, I have my three kids in the car. Yeah. Like, I just need a bump. So they're like, sure, we'll try it. So we go. And they get me nudged and that I'm still like spinning. Like I'm turning the wheel and it's like going all over the place, but they get me going. Right. That was the difference of me getting stuck or not. I really think like they were angels that were were sent by God that helped me get going. Were your girls eating like Taco Bell packets and stuff? Were they, so would you guys get into survival mode with food? We had eaten before. That wasn't the problem. The problem was going to the bathroom Uh, because you can't just pull over at a gas station. It was like 20 miles from the nearest gas station. We're going slow. I went twice out of this, like just hopped out of the car Correct. and went. Yeah. My daughters are, they are not, they're just not that place where they're comfortable going. Yeah, sure. Public. They're little girls. So they right. were like, so finally I got my oldest to come out and try. Yeah. She had stage fright. Couldn't do it. <laughs> Couldn't do it. So ultimately we do get moving. We get to Denver. I have never been in more fear for like my family's safety than I was on that trip. I did, but I it did. took us eight hours. Ooh. Eight hours. Oh, that's a, that's just, so I'm going skiing. Next yeah. weekend. Yeah. And you are describing like my worst nightmare. We had one on the show before with somebody being stuck in an elevator. That's number one. Right. What you just described is number two. Because I don't know what we would have done. Like if we yeah. just went out to the side, would we sleep in the car all What night? do you do? Like I honestly, I don't right. know. Do you hike to a gas station? No, you, well, you would have called like roadside assistance. You would have had. But, like there was no way to get roadside assistance. No, you would have had to hunker down and wait. Yeah. It would have been ugly. But thankfully we made it. We're back for the show, which is. Welcome back, Holmes. Yes. Thank you. Appreciate yes. It. I got one thing going for me though. If uh, we get like stranded between Salt Lake and Park City going up through the pass. Yeah. And we need to go to the bathroom on the side of the road. Yeah, you got boys. I got a bunch of boys. We're good. Exactly. We're good. <laughs> go ahead and go wherever you can. All right. So that's my story. That's my, uh, my travel story for yeah. the weekend. But again, thankfully I made it back <laughs> safely. All right. So I missed the combine reaction yeah. that you guys did a lot of yesterday. Oh, um, lot of speculation that came out of the combine, which is tip- it's kind of typical because you see a lot of sure. scouts and GMs. They're sitting around, you know, drinking. They're, you know, they're giving you a little loose lips. So they yeah. start giving you information. Let me, can I ask you a question? Yeah. And this, I, I fascinated because they were, they would pan up to people like in the booth, yeah. like, sitting there. Are they drinking while they're watching it? <laughs> I, 
They shouldn't be. They shouldn't. I don't be. think they I, are. I don't think they are. They just go after it later. No. Okay, but All I mean, right. I'm talking like they'll shut down places at two or three no, a.m. and I, then they'll get up at seven a.m. to go take notes about the guys running routes. I don't mean are they partying, but I mean I saw a couple dudes sipping while they were watching, and I was like, that didn't I'm, look like iced tea, bro. I, it might have been coffee with some Bailey. All right, all right, all right. Might all right, have all something right. in there. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, but w- one of the biggest uh, rumors that came out of there is something that I didn't believe. But I'm starting to buy into, and that's Kyler Murray going number one overall to the Arizona Cardinals, which several reports, NFL Network's Kimberly Jones reported over the weekend that, quote, people are beginning. I don't care what Kimberly Jones, I said that. You're saying do it. I said it week ago, week ago. I, but see, here's what doesn't make sense. I cannot believe a team that just drafted a quarterback in the first round last year is ready to ship him off and say, yep, we just took one, but we're going to take this one, and we're going to take him with a number one overall pick, and he's only 5'10", and he's you know, he's baseball player, all this stuff. For that to happen would have been like this perfect storm, but you know what? I think that perfect perfect storm has developed, and I think we might actually see it. Um, you know, it's fascinating that the coming out of that weekend, the biggest winner could have been a guy who didn't do anything. Yep. Like, the real talk. Like, did he do anything but show up and measure? Um, And the hand size and all of that, you know, it is what it is, but... And then I'll say it again, and we can get into the debate, because I understand where, where you're coming from purely from, like, Josh Rosen. You put Josh oh. Rosen and Kyler Murray in the same draft. Right. People are going to think Josh Rosen's a better quarterback than Kyler Murray. Josh Rosen was – Josh Rosen's things were his personality. Yep. Like, his on-field, he was a really good quarterback. I thought that he was the best quarterback in last year's draft. Now, I am no draft analyst or anything like that, but he's a really accomplished, good quarterback. Um, From the Arizona Cardinals' perspective, you've rolled the dice already on Cliff Kingsbury. Yep. He's not, he hasn't won anything. You're, you're rolling the dice purely on his offensive, like, you know, vision and the excitement that that can generate. And so my point is if you, if you already know what Josh Rosen is and he doesn't necessarily fit that mold, not that he's not good and not that he won't be a, a really good NFL quarterback, but he, he's not all in type of quarterback for what you're already all in on, which is Cliff Kingsbury. Right. Then do it. That, that's the only thing I'm saying. I think if they were coming out in the same class, there's a, I think Kyler Murray might actually rate better and higher okay. than Josh Rosen okay. in today's environment. Now, I think Josh Rosen was the best pure throw of the football, but I do think he does have personality quirks. And that's right. another reason why I think this might happen is because I think Arizona's seen a year of Josh Rosen. And if they're even thinking about it, they should move on. Like if you have doubts about his leadership and right. some of his skill set and character, whatever it is, then go ahead and make the change. Because if you're just half-hearted and you're thinking there's somebody else better, if you're even considering it, then move on. Which Agreed. I think they Agreed. are. But Agreed. I do think what could be interesting is if a team like the Raiders, who Peter King said are very interested, John Gruden is. Right. Like, are they willing to – they've already – they have all these first-round picks that they've been trading away for. If they want to go all in, I think there's a chance that they might call up the Cardinals given this offer that, you know, they can't refuse. And they do have a quarterback. It might not be the one that they're just in love with. But right. they say, we're okay with Josh Rosen. If we can put the right people around him, then maybe that's the type of deal that could take place. Um, There are a few teams. I think we're going to get into that in a minute. But here's what Mike D'Antoni used to kind of say about our Phoenix Suns teams. And I, I, I think there's something to it, especially when you're a professional franchise. If you're not going to win, and let's be frank, like uh, there are a lot, of, there's a lot of luck uh, and timing that goes into whether that one team wins the championship that year. It's only one team in every sport, yep. and it doesn't always wind up being the best team, especially in sports where you're playing a one and done scenario, like basketball and some of those where you got those long series. Usually, the best team wins it, but in other ones, like it's luck sometimes, yeah. like whether you had an injury, whether the time, you know. Totally. So, if you're not going to win the championship, then at least be exciting, and. Kyler Murray, whether, like, you say he's probably better than Josh Rosen, you would know better than I would. 
he is more exciting than Josh Rosen. Without right? question. Like, look what Baker Mayfield did for for Cleveland. Let's not even get, factor into, like, what he wound up being on the field. Talk about the excitement that was generated and the buzz that was generated prior to him even getting the chance when Tyrod Taylor was there. That was a franchise that hadn't won anything. There was, an like, a reinvigoration of the fan base. Like, people were excited. They wanted to see what he could bring to the table. And so, if you're not going to win, and especially in a town like Arizona – be exciting. Yep. Be something shiny. Be something new and fun. And that Kyler is definitely that. Um, he's more than that than than uh, Josh Rosen. He has here's more. The, here's the thing too that quarterbacks who, that are exciting, that are fast, that are mobile, that can make plays out of nothing. They do a couple things. One, if you have a bad offensive line, it can really help that issue yeah. in a hurry. They had a terrible offensive line, right? They're a horrible right. offensive line. Josh Rosen got killed. You know what? They don't have to worry too. I mean, they'll still obviously try to protect him, but he can make plays. Right. Offensive coordinator. If you don't have the perfect play called. If it's not there, he can run around and make plays, which is a great thing to have. Ultimately, I do think you have to learn to pass from the pocket, which I don't even think Kyler Murray has to learn that much, especially right. if he's in Cleef Kingsbury's system. So I, I tend to, I'm starting to agree with you. The question then becomes, all right, if Josh Rosen is on this trade market, what teams start to make sense? The Giants have been rumored, uh, possibly to make sense of a fit for Eli sure. Manning, like the potential next guy. It all depends on what the Giants think of Dwayne Haskins and are they going to draft for the future with the sixth overall pick or do they try to make this move? The Dolphins, um, see, I think the Dolphins would be the perfect fit for Kyle yeah, Murray. Yeah. If they're not in that sweep set, if they can't, if he's off the board, then I think they're a team that could make sense. Right. Say, all right, let's get Josh Rosen down here. I think that could make sense. The Broncos, even though they just signed Flacco, potentially there. It depends on, you know, to get a cheaper quarterback yeah. in that spot. Maybe there. But I think there'll definitely be some interest. And somebody will probably get pretty good value for Josh Rosen because they're not going to give up whatever the Cardinals draft him. I think it was like 12th or 13th, whatever they sure. drafted him last year. You can give him for a second round pick, whatever they can call up and say, Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll get Josh Rosen, whatever it is. Right. To get that. That, I mean, the price is going to kind of dictate where, where, where he winds up being and what you have to give up to get him. But, but the teams that I had, I had the Giants in there. Um, and I know Blake, uh, Blake Bortles is the guy they're signing Nick Foles, but I also had the Jags in, in that mix a little bit. Yep. The Finns for sure. Um, if, if they can't get up into the Kyler Murray sweepstakes. Uh, the Redskins. Yep. Like, you don't know what's going on with Alex Smith necessarily, right? Like, there's some uncertainty around that. Um, Tampa Bay. Yep. Like, these are all teams that I thought, just looking at their quarterback position. And then the one interesting one, and they definitely don't have a quarterback issue, and you've heard it a lot, it's Patriots. Yeah. Like, you know, losing Jimmy Garoppolo, at some point, Tom Brady has to go. Yep. Right? And this is a hot, this is the type of quarterback that they don't get in New England in the draft because they're always so good. Yep. You're never getting a swing at a top 10, 11 player on everyone's draft board if you're New England. So if you can get him, you know, relatively on the cheap right now for that second round pick, I think you have to try to make that succession plan for Tom and at least have it in place, yep. you know? He, uh, and that's what the Patriots do. They yeah. buy low and sell high. Sure. And this would be buying low with a lot of people who are down on Josh Rosen. I would remind people, Jared Goff was on the trash heap as well after his rookie year with the yeah. Rams. And then he gets the right coach in place and all of a sudden he takes off. So I don't, even if they don't unload him and let's say they don't get Kyler Murray, I still think it's, you know, you could, Josh Rosen still could be the guy, uh, in Arizona. Oh, I'm going to work out. I am a Josh Rosen fan. Like I don't know that he did anything last year to turn me off as, a, as, as thinking he would be a good NFL quarterback. There was a lot of stuff wrong with Arizona. You alluded to the line. Like there was a lot of dysfunction there. They got rid of the coach. Like that, that was a mess. Yep. Um, so to your point, yeah, he could still wind up having a great career. I just, I am in the camp of if stylistically he doesn't match with what you're trying to do 
it's not really even a reflection on him as a quarterback. Yep. Like you got to go with what gives your new guy the best chance to be successful, and that might be Kyler Murray. So I was breaking down film in my spare time in the yeah. mountains. Yeah, you know, when kids are asleep, yeah, up there just how was the bandwidth up there? <laughs> it was, was it good? Like, yeah, yeah, it was all right, it was good. All right, you guys couldn't tell when I was doing it over there. <laughs> oh, that's like, right, perfect, I forgot. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, so I have my top ten. This is my big board. Mm-hmm. My, yeah, let's go. My big board. So we'll look at it. Quinn and Williams. I think is the best player in this draft. He popped on film, didn't have any injury issues like Nick Bosa did, and I think an interior defensive lineman that runs a four eight three, which is insane, is just something that you don't see around. I think he's the type of generational Pro Bowl player that you just you you if he's available, you want to snatch him yep. up. Uh, Kyler Murray I had as a big mover for me. I know that it wasn't it was partly because the five ten, but it's also just. A little bit that I was a little down on Dwayne Haskins running a 501 and just not impressing. He didn't look great on the field either. None no. of those quarterbacks threw the, all right. So I don't want to hijack this. Go, go let's ahead. come back. Yeah. Leave it up on the board. Jake Browning from Washington probably threw the ball better than any of them. That's incredible to me because right. we've had the conversation about quarterbacks, you know, going there and throwing and going there and throwing. He didn't hurt himself because nobody else looked great. Right. I do think, and this is where I think you might have been right when you say why throw at the combine, you know, unless you're a guy. That's projected to be like I was. Like I was projected to be a third, fourth, fifth round pick. So I was like, I want to try to go boost my stock. Correct. Where if you're a first round potential pick and the expectations are this guy's going to be perfect. He's going to come out here with a cannon and you don't impress. Like it's, it's, that's your worst case scenario. I think yeah. you try to present yourself in the best light. So that was one thing that was not impressive for me was Dwayne Haskins. So I dropped him down. Our boy DK Matt Metcalf. Yeah. Who we talked about here because of his picture that went viral. I'm a little bit nervous that I'm falling in love with the measurables and forgetting that he didn't play much at Ole Miss. Um, you know, he, I think he, I forget his stats, but he just, he was hurt a lot, had a neck issue, had some serious, never played a full season. Right. I'm a little bit worried that I'm falling victim to the, oh, this guy looks fantastic. Like he's going to just pop when he gets in uniform. He just looks good. And it's one of those, you know, looks like Tarzan plays like Jane types of scenarios. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, yeah. just like a guy that does not live up to what you think you're getting. The, um, there's always going to be one of those. Every sport, there's going to be a dude that's got you fooled. But if their measurables are that tantalizing, people aren't going to be able to resist the temptation. Like it's right. hard. when there's a dude that's what six three two twenty five, bench presses two twenty five twenty seven times, runs a four three three forty. People are taking a swing on that. Now, what was concerning for me was, and you weren't here yesterday. Tommy Train and I were talking about it. Mm-hmm. Was how awful Ryan Wilson was on the show too. How awful. All of his like lateral stuff was all of his getting in and out of break. It yep. makes you wonder whether he's just a really straight line mechanical runner. straight line like robot type right. of deal. You know what I mean? Which is that's another conversation. Again, that's for football purists. Like that's concerning to me. Um, but again, I think that if it's that tantalizing, that people can't, they can't resist. Right? No, they won't. Them. There'll be some team that'll fall in love with them and they say, "This help. guy's the next Calvin Johnson, yeah. the next Megatron." I would. I love big tall receivers that yeah. are physical. I gotta watch some more film of him when he's there, but I also think durability. I talk about it all the time with quarterbacks, like you've gotta be able to stay healthy and the health, you know, the injury issue to The best ability is durability, like yep. you, or availability. Yep. Um, you know, you said something I thought was really interesting, cause this happens in the NBA, and I, I, I didn't realize how often it happened in the NBA with the less is more conversation around a draft. And so you talked about these quarterbacks, if you're a third or fourth round projected quarterback needing to go show and prove and put some of the naysaying to bed. If you are projected as a lottery pick in the NBA, don't show them anymore. You've got nothing to gain. Yep. Like everything you put on tape or every time you go out there and, and put out a workout or show something, it's more nitpicking, uh, uh, 
it's for a scout. It's yep. more data for them to comb over and find negativity. So like to Kyler and the guys like that, look, dude, if they're saying you're the number one pick, don't do anything. Right. Don't. Don't give them any more things to look at where they could say, oh, maybe a little like long on his release. No. Look, if you, you know what I mean? Like only if I have to bump that stock up, am I giving you more? If you have great game film and you've got great stuff Done. on tape, just say, go look at the tape. Oh, a little done. bit of mystery can be a good thing. Absolutely. What they want to do is they want to nitpick. Yeah. They want to find out, hey, why don't we want to draft him? Correct. What is there? He's too perfect. Like, there's got to be something wrong with him. Instead, go back and say, look at the tape. Look at the tape. Go ahead and watch yep. it. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. <laughs> Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Are you still on your, like, diet? <laughs> Are you? How did that? No, I'm asking because I'm about to go on vacation and I've been really good for two weeks. Yeah, I was good up to vacation. Yeah. Vacation. And then now I'm... I'm back on diet now. So like if you it, struggled it's, I think hard it, on vacation. I think it's impossible. Traveling, yeah. vacation, it's impossible to eat healthy. Like I'm going through the Atlanta airport. Yeah. How can you pass Chick-fil-A and not get something? It's just uh, impossible. Tough waffle yeah, fries. Like it, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Spicy chicken sandwich. <laughs> done. And the lemonade's insane. Right. It's just, it's really hard to do. So I'm going to get back on the All diet right, now. Fair enough. Um, Joel Embiid was talking about Kevin Durant and had some interesting comments, which I don't think are that surprising or that controversial. He said Kevin Durant is quote probably the best player in the league to me. <clears throat> here's where I don't here's where I think he probably could have gone even further. I think they're starting to get a list of guys who are playing better than LeBron in the NBA at this point in his career. Um I, I look, I think it's fair. I don't I don't know that LeBron is hundred percent healthy. I said that yesterday. Kevin Durant is obviously a fantastic player. What he can do at his size, six eleven, um the 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 versatility in his game, both offensively and defensively, is is pretty ridiculous. Like he does things that LeBron, quite frankly, can't do just yep. because he's six eleven. Um, LeBron is still in the conversation, but you know he is on the decline. Like these guys are younger than LeBron. They've been, they've they've been in the league um, a, 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 like less years than LeBron, and so I think you can start to make the case that like right now Kevin Durant might be playing better than LeBron. Um, you know, even Paul George is having a fantastic year. You, you got guys like James Harden, um, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like, these guys are great players right now. LeBron is still in the conversation. Of course, he's I, in the conversation, but I think that blanket, he's the best player. No, that's, in the world. that's, I, I think it's fair what Joel Embiid said. Yeah, I do, I, I think so too. Let me ask you a question. If Kevin Durant is on the Lakers this season instead of LeBron, are they significantly better? Yeah, I'm not willing to say that. Um, so, so it's, so they're probably still a mess with that roster. Yeah, I think that roster there's there's not there's not really a uh what's the word? The chemistry on that roster wasn't ever great. Like we looked at that roster coming into the season and everyone had concerns about the roster. So I, I find it interesting that we're sitting here now like like asking yeah, you knew that coming in. The roster wasn't great. There didn't seem to be a whole lot of flow to that roster. There were a lot of pieces that looked like they were just kind of plugged in. A lot of young guys looking to show and prove, try to find another deal, a lot of vets on one-year deals like motivated probably to be the best version of themselves but still want to put up numbers like that's usually not a great combination in nba locker rooms like when you have all of this motivation for self do you know what i mean mm -hmm. um but again like look Le lebron to be fair to lebron's teammates all right and i don't know that this is where we were supposed to go with this but they're clearly 
were some hurt feelings after the trade deadline. Yep. Those guys were clearly, whether I think they should have been or not, it's besides the point, clearly affected by all the trade rumors and the probably the feeling of LeBron and the Lakers just thinking that they're all expendable. Like that obviously took its toll on, on their team emotionally. And I don't know that LeBron has done a great job this year in leading. Right. You know, like I don't, I don't, I don't know. You know, he's played great when he's healthy. And I think he's not healthy right now, 100%. But I don't know that he's done a great job leading. He's done a lot of this, a lot of talking at, right? And again, I, I use this all the time. Like it's a we thing. You know what I mean? Like I think he has to be more with the common people. More we got you we know you're the king, but a lot of you people love their king because they can relate to their king sometimes. Like he's got some commonality with them. Like LeBron is kind of sitting on the throne and he's not, you know, he's not with the with with the people, bro. Like you got to be with the people sometimes and I don't think he's done a great job of that this year. Do you think So here's So Shaquille O'Neal was on his podcast and he was talking about LeBron leading this young team. And he basically defended LeBron saying, because he's calling out these dudes. He's like, they got to suck it up. He's like, if they're not happy about getting traded, then play better. I'm with that. That was LeBron's mindset was, you know, and what all his, you know, passive aggressive talking about these dudes is about. I don't know if that works anymore. Like today's athlete, I'm talking like the last five, 10 years, they're more coddled than ever. They're very, um, thin skin like if you criticize them they go in a shell like look at all that's going around the NBA, right. and professional sports in yeah, general no, you're right i don't like maybe lebron maybe he just was trying to lead the way he's done throughout his career and all of a sudden it's not working out because remember mario chalmers how him and d wade just to abuse him like just they would yes. bite him so hard yes no that's true could. and like i don't think he's changed but i think the generation has changed and that's what good players do is they adapt to their surrounding and good coaches i think that's a great point because I, in fairness to lebron i don't know that he's really changed um his approach because i was when i was with him in cleveland he he did have more of a like old school mentality when it came to leading it was more tough love yep you know what i mean like it was it was tough love like i watched kevin love no pun intended like deal with that like yep. i have tough love for him right like don't try to fit out don't try to fit in fit out type of stuff is what lebron was saying to him and it was hard for kevin love uh who's generationally you're like right on that borderline but this new generation of kid this brandon ingram this kyle kuzma this lonzo ball like these guys is josh hart you're right man like there there's there's a different language that they speak when it comes to motivation um constructive criticism all these things that go into sport and someone leading you in a sport and maybe lebron doesn't speak that well like do you know what i mean but if you're going to be a good leader and you are trying to, you know, extend that career and continue to win championships into the twilight of your career, you have to learn how to speak their language. And where, where I don't agree with Shaq is that LeBron this year has more going on off the court than he's ever had before. Yep. He is Hollywood now. Like he's always kind of been Hollywood, but he was in a market like Cleveland. Um, you know, he wasn't so much in Miami, but when he went back to Cleveland, he had all these extracurriculars, but you're in Cleveland. Now you're in LA and you're in the studio every night. Now you got the shop. Like there's a lot of stuff going on. And to the younger generation, like, you know, Coca and I clowned you the other day, like, but this was an actual, it was a good point. Like to those guys watching him have all of this Hollywood stuff going on. Um, what, what, like if you're doing that, why can't, why can't we get down like that? Whether they've earned the right to do it or not. Like, right. like it just doesn't look like he is a man of the people right now. The tough love I'm fine with, but be a man of the people. Instead of being in the studio, grab this whole young click, have them over to your house. Yep. Like set up a, a, a spread, like have your wife and your kids around them. They, all those kids play video games. Let them play like with Bronny Jr. and Bryce. Right. Like, do you know what I mean? Like those are the things that you would do, uh, uh, if you were, 
you know, a man of the people and you genuinely wanted to speak their language and, and make the, the, the most of what opportunity you guys had as the Lakers this year? There is no doubt that this team right now is a total disaster, right? Like it has not. And I think, you know, no one had championship, championship expectations, but it was like, Hey, they're probably going to make the playoffs. Maybe they make a run. Right. Maybe they, maybe they went around. It's not been that. And it looks like somebody's going to have to pay. And it looks like it's probably going to be Luke Walton. Like it's just a done deal. It's just a matter for me is if, does he survive the regular season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. You're firing well, You're firing with six Why? Isn't it, isn't it embarrassing though for him? Like to be out there? Don't you like uh, kind of put him out of his misery and say, you know what? We'll just kind of send you on. They might. As opposed to him having, asking questions every day. Like, Hey, are you, are you worried about your future and all that garbage? I mean, they might. I, I imagine. It's clearly done. You know, Mark Stein was the latest in the New York Times. To say um, it wasn't good, quote, the prevailing assumption in the league's coaching circles remains that Walton will almost certainly be dismissed after the season. Following the Lakers uh, resuming their trade request for Anthony Davis. It's a mess. It's a disaster. It stinks. You know what they don't need, though? I don't believe that they need another person introduced into the conversation for the next head coaching job. Mm-hmm. So you bring in an interim now. Let's say they turn it around for some reason and they win eight. I mean, let's say they win right. 12 of the last 18 games. Right. Now do you have to, now do you have to say whoever that interim guy is is in the conversation for the next guy? If you they know, know who the next guy is. Isn't it probably Ty Lue? Yeah, they know who Why it is. Why not just bring him in now and let him start working with some of the younger talent that they might keep around? Or do you think there's going to be so much turnover on this roster? It doesn't matter. So much turnover is not going to matter. Yeah. Alright, welcome back. Ken Ellen Bell. So, I forgot it was my wife and I's <laughs> anniversary today. Oh, bro. I don't you, think I'm in the bro. doghouse yet. I don't oh. think, but like we, we were on vacation, which was part of my gift yeah. as an anniversary gift. Yeah. I got up this morning. Everybody's tired because of the different time change. Oh. I was going. I had to take my car into the shop to get new tires. So I like just said, I, I, I was nice. I said, do you need help with the kids or are you just going to go? And so I think the kids were late to school. Yeah. And I walked out the door and I forgot. And um, Dude, I, wait, Don't say that on air, dog. <laughs> why? You can it always, makes me look like, bad. Yeah, bro. You could go home. You could go to the mall. Yeah. Enough. No, I just like, bought our gift. I went on our trip. That was oh, our gift. No, but I mean, like, okay, like, you should go buy some flowers. Yeah. Cars, some whatever. I don't whatever. Think I have to do all that. Danny. We went in all, all in on Christmas. A Valentine's You're Day was screwed, huge. Holmes. I got this huge trip. You're screwed. So at 8.30, which you is a are late, screwed, we Holmes. actually already got a text from my mother-in-law saying happy anniversary. 8.30, I text her, happy anniversary, my love. That's <laughs> like, what that's you text. Romantic. The, the stop. I did get a thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> thumbs, up, thumbs up means you're in trouble. Bro, you played this all wrong. Trouble. You were supposed well, to get, still a lot dog, of time no, left in the listen, day. There's, this is, this is not even debatable. You were supposed to leave here. Once you forget, yeah. you only got one play. Yeah. All right. It's gotta That's be that. first thing in the morning, like happy anniversary. I love you. It yes. Has to do that. Once you forget, dog, you've only got one play. You must get all your ducks in a row. Go back home and be like, you thought I forgot. That's the only way you can play that. It's the only way because then they're not sure. They're like, technically, eh. technically she forgot too. Cause she didn't say happy anniversary. No, that's not their job. Oh, it's not. It's not ours. It's yeah. Just, and there, there's some, there's I thought something. we're in this together. I thought, there, I thought so too. One. Yeah. No, there are a lot of things that like we talk about, like, you know, like there, yeah. we've, we've come a long way in terms of equality. Yeah. Gender equality. And I support all of that. Right. That's but there are saying. some things where there's that you are on the hook for that, bro. Like it's not their job. That's our all job. Right, we'll see. I'll have to stop on the way home, get yeah. some flowers and a card and write out some nice words. Uh, Nick Foles expected to sign with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. I think this was a, I think this was one of the most obvious signings that we've seen in some time. The Jaguars clearly weren't all in on Blake Bortles. There's a really shallow free agent market for quarterbacks. Nick Foles was just let out of his deal by the Eagles. And I was like, oh, this is done. So it's, it's come out that it's there. No, uh, the Jaguars are expected to really release Blake Bortles, which is no surprise to anybody. Here's the thing. I think this is probably a really, this is probably the best case scenario for Nick Foles. Right. Because he's a player. Who clearly can win a Super Bowl, been there, Super Bowl MVP, took the, uh, the Eagles there. 
But he's a player, if you put good talent around him, I think he can be good. And the Jaguars need stability. They don't need a star. Right. Because their young defense is really talented mm-hmm. still. Uh, I still think they can go with a, a game plan where they want to establish the run. They want to use play action. But they can have a player who can protect their offensive line by getting it out early. He's 30, so he's been in the league for a long time. He's got veteran experience. He brings instant credibility, respect to the locker room. I think it's a smart move for the Jaguars. I think it's a smart move for Nick Foles, too. Yeah, I'm, the, what I'm interested in is how, how much do you think he gets? That's the well, maybe $20 million question that we're going to have to deal with. I think it all depends on, you know, like, do I love this signing? It depends on what they get him for. Right. Because the market is, like, there aren't that many other quarterbacks that they could have gone out there and gotten. There right. aren't that many other teams that would have paid Nick Foles that much. That's an interesting situation, right? Where, right. like, there are not a lot of teams in the market, but there are not a lot of quarterbacks in the market either, right? Like, so, like... My hunch is it'll be something similar to what Case Keenum got from Denver. It's like a two-year kind of hybrid deal. Right. Maybe with some years on the back end or incentive-laden tra- uh, contract. But... That, that to me is how you'll judge this deal. Like, what type of money did he get guaranteed? How much is it? Is it long term? Do right. they envision him being the guy for five or six years? Cause I still think Nick Foles, as good as he is, our guy Pete Prisco is all over. Like, he's, he is not a Foles fan. Sure. I still would go, yes, he has a tremendous amount of upside. He can be it, but I still think there's some risk. That's why I'd be a little bit more cautious on the contract that I backed up to him. Correct. Like, I thought it, I, I think it could be a slam dunk if you can achieve a few things. Like, right? If you can get him in there on a relatively short term deal, because while Nick Foles has been great, mm-hmm. um, he's also had a lot of opportunities, and and you've seen him be okay. Like, do you know what I mean? But I do think he deserves another opportunity sure. at it, and I think the Jags is a good look because of all the pieces, you know, defensively that are around him, and and um, and some of the stuff that you just alluded to. But if I could retain the flexibility to be in one of these upcoming drafts and only be married to Nick Foles, let's say for another year. And, and find a guy that I think can be a star. If I could put myself in that position as the Jags, that's what I would want to do, right? Like right. have, have a better quarterback than Bortles, lock him into something that's relatively friendly for, for both of us, but have the flexibility to where if I mess around and can get to a next year, then I'm not married to Nick for four more years. Right. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Same, uh, same thoughts. Exactly. I think the NFL has the worst players association in sports, professional sports. Yeah. I, I, Baseball stronger, NBA yeah. stronger. And one of the reasons, I think it's clear, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of issues that they have no guarantee contracts, right. you know, a very, very slim number of guarantee contracts, um, long-term benefits, like just a lot of issues. But one of the bigger ones that I don't like feel too much sympathy for is because the players negotiate this. These right. Are, these are collectively bargained, um, agreements that take place. And one of the worst things that the players signed up for, in my opinion, are franchise tags because basically the teams, can say we really like you, you know, but we don't love you. Right? You know, we like we'll we'll give you some money, and it's yeah. a lot of money. But players want long term guaranteed money. Sure, that's the only time when they are when they're when they're hot, and you want to strike while the iron's hot. You want to make the most of that, and teams are like, nah, we want to see one more year. And like, if I was a player, I totally understand why some of these guys are saying, you know, nope, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold out. I want a longer term deal. Aaron Donald took it yeah. you know, uh, and missed a couple games a couple years ago. I would probably feel the the right mindset. Like, hey, if you still want me on this team, then pay me for it. Don't right. just give me a one year guaranteed deal. And it's hard for people to relate because you're like, well, that's seventeen million dollars, or you know, it's however much money. It is a lot of money, but it's a sliver of what they could get if they Correct. were in the open market. I mean, all right, right yeah, to your point. Like seventeen million dollars right now is great. What happens if I? What happens if I could have in the same market signed a six-year deal for 
I don't know what 40, 50 80, million 80, million. 80, yeah, yeah. of the guaranteed. 60, yeah, eighty million with sixty million guaranteed. Yep. Same numbers, right? But I blow my knee out when I won the franchise tag for $17 million. Yep. I don't make that money up again. There's no scenario in which like an NFL player that's not a quarterback tears every ligament in his knee and comes back and earns the same amount of money that he would have otherwise earned having been a healthy player. And so I'm kind of with you. And it's I'm not mad at the NFL. I'm, look, if, you, if this right. is a vehicle that you can use as a team and it keeps you flexible in other areas where you can go out and spend money, I support you doing it. Um, this falls squarely on the shoulders of the NFL PA and the NFL players and the lack of solidarity that there must be in some of these meetings when it's time to go over and, and negotiate a new CBA because what you need to do to really flip something on its ear is tell them I ain't playing. Like it's got to cost the owners money at some point for them to do something about it. And the owners know in a league full of that many guys, it's hard enough in the NBA where you got 15 guys on 30 teams. Right. Right, to get 450 dudes roughly to all be on the same page, to all be financially secure enough to withhold our services so it starts to affect your pockets, that's hard enough. You get into NFL locker rooms where you have how many guys on a team? 53. 53 dudes on a team. Like, it's, it's impossible. Guys making so many variations of, of money that you know there's some of them that are going to want to play. Yeah. NFL owners just sit back and just wait. So here's where – this is where I think that the players just got absolutely worked over because in a in an owner's defense – Yeah. They're saying, all right, Jadavion Clowney, who Brian Gain, uh, the GM for the, the Texans said, today we have placed the franchise tag on Jadavion Clowney, but our goal is to continue to work with his reputation on a long-term contract. This gives us both an opportunity to continue to do so. I don't know if that, uh, Clay, Clowney said he's not going to sign his franchise tag, but here's the owner's defense. Mm-hmm. They're saying, well, here's a guy we took first overall in the draft. Uh, his first two seasons, he only started 11 games. He's been injury plagued. The production hasn't quite been there. We want to see another year of him to see if he's healthy. And like that's where the owners like you're like, yep, you're right. That makes a lot of sense. But the players get screwed over once again. But if that was something that they really felt like they needed, they could have bargained it. The, and and I'm okay. I'm okay with that, Dan. And I'm okay with the owners franchise tagging them as many times as they can franchise tag them because that's what it says that you're allowed to <laughs> right. do. You're not breaking a rule. So I'm right. cool with that. But this and particular usually, if if you do stay healthy. And you do continue to play. You will break the bank. Look at Kirk Cousins. Right. Like he was the ultimate. I'm just going to bet on myself, and I'm not going to take the long-term deal that's crappy. I'm going to take the franchise tag, and then eventually it's going to catch up to you. And the Redskins, when it got to that point, they said, all right, we'll see you. Go ahead and test for you. If, if an owner wants to have the ability to get that extra year look at a player coming off of his deal, a rookie deal or whatever it is, the franchise tag, I'm not. I'm not angry at it for one year. Where it starts to bother me, and again, I'm not mad at the owners for using it because it's it's a vehicle that they can use. Where it gets, where it starts to become something, if I were the league, I'd be like, "Look, man, we're the players. We, we can't do this. We can't have a second year of a franchise tag. You got your look, right? Like you got it. No, if that's purely what it's for, is for us to get this next year look at Jadavion to see if it's worth it. Yep. Take your look and now pay me a third year. Like now you're talking like. You're putting yourself as an NFLPA and as a players association, like you're putting yourself in a real jacked up spot. You cannot have a three year tag situation where a guy's just going to continue to be tagged and tagged and tagged. And so I would be fighting tooth and nail. To so that. if you were Demarcus Lawrence, the Cowboys, you'd be ticked. Yeah. Because you're in a position where you had the franchise tag, uh, last year with 17 million. You're 26. You're a two time pro bowler. You've been balling for them. You've been told probably by Jerry Jones and Steven Jones that you're going to be around for the long term. So all right, what are we waiting on? Like pay me. They Go ahead and do it. Exactly. I do think one thing that's fascinating is that the the franchise tags 
uh, are not just across the board. It's by position. Yeah. So you're lumped into the highest paid at your position. That is an so, interesting thing. So what a lot of teams do, and we've seen this historically with tight ends who catches a lot of balls, they're like, no, I don't want to be classified as a tight end because the wide receivers make more money. Right. I catch a lot of footballs. I want to be treated like a wide receiver. And now you're seeing pass rushers because there's linebackers a tag is at 15.4 million the defensive end tag because they get more sacks they're you know they're more effective game is 17.1 right. million it's another like little thing where the owners and their negotiating tactics were smarter than the players and now the players are sitting there getting screwed over again by being miscast in their in these tags hey, not for nothing <laughs> Like the owners are billionaires, bro. Right. They built like multi-billion dollar corporations. Like there's a level of shrewdness to their business that most NFL players. Well, that used to drive. I used just to don't have. Nuts. I get the players want to have a voice, but I was yeah. a player rep, right? And I went to, and that was the reason most of the guys were reps is because you got a free trip to Hawaii. Right, that's right, where the, right. That's where the league. That's where you had your player meeting. Right. That's why I signed up. I was yeah. like, but I was genuinely curious to see how it all worked out. Sure. Most of the players do it for that, and they're good guys. They're yeah. leaders. But I always cringed when I saw players going into the meetings and like they're sitting at the table negotiating. They should hire the shrewdest attorneys, um, you know, uh, like trying to think of the expertise in that field. Yeah. That's who they should hire to do negotiation. And then, and then you listen to that advice. Yeah. But the people that are at the table fighting for you are people who are experts. Like labor lawyers and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. I, I, like, I, and this is gonna pat myself on the back, but like when they come around and ask me, I, I had no real interest in business. I didn't. So every year the, the NBA PA, you know, in our, in our preseason meeting would be like, Raj, you want to be the team rep? Nope. <laughs> no, but I didn't want the responsibility. I, I, I cannot go in there and I don't know enough about it or care enough about it. To really be the one in there negotiating. So right. I don't want to do it. And that was probably a lot of mindset of guys in the NFL locker yeah. rooms that were uh, elected to do that as well. But it'll be interesting to see if they ever get that changed uh, when the new CBA is, is bargained on. All right. Welcome back to Canel and Bell. So something I've been dying to talk to you about because Kyrie Irving, once again, I think he's just – you talk about perception, Q rating. I think we've talked <laughs> about on here like a likability, yeah. all this stuff, whatever you wanted to, uh, to label it. It's been a really bad stretch for like Kyrie Irving. Highlight in his, I'd be like, oh, geez, stop, please, stop. <laughs> like it's going exactly. right around, bro. Is, exactly. He needs yeah. to come out of that tailspin and like right. somehow get her turned around. Uh, let's listen to his latest comments with the media and then we'll react. I get tired of all this stuff, just like everybody else. So, I mean, that, that's, that's, I said it's a constant battle, you know, um, because media has just gotten just outrageous. You know what I mean? Like I just saw some the other day where, you know, even, you know, um, you know, I mean, it's just, he's the greatest player playing our game right now, but even seeing somebody question, like, Bron's body of work, like, my body of work, KD's body of work, and, you know, the team's success falls on the best player. And in weather, call it fair or unfair, but nobody should ever question what type of winner those guys are, you know what I mean, what type of winner I am, or whether or not I have the team in first mentality. You know, it's like nobody wants it to be solely about them, but we take most of the responsibility, and so does the head coach. You know what nobody wants to hear? Nobody wants to hear Kyrie complain about his his life and his situation and how he's getting criticized. Nobody wants to hear that, and he might he makes some pretty good points. Like the media is outrageous. The over coverage of LeBron is outrageous. All of these things can be true, but when you sign up for this, you. You've got to expect backlash if you come out and crush people the way he does. Do you know what allows you to have a signature shoe? <laughs> your basketball playing ability? Your, the media your celebrity? That, your celebrity. Yes. You know what allows you to make, I don't know, over a couple hundred million dollars a year? 
the fact that the media consumes the sport that, that you play. If you're a purist and you love the sport and you don't want any attention or any of the other stuff that goes with it, go play it somewhere else <laughs> on a park. At the, you can play it at a super high, high, high level, wherever, however you want to do it. But this all comes with your profession, right? And I would still argue, and I will argue again, that all of the stuff that he reaps the benefit, the Uncle Drew hat that he had on, I thought that was funny. Like you're a movie star, you've made movies. That that happens because you because of your stardom. All the stardom happens because of the media attention that is given to how well you are able to play basketball. Nothing else, right? Nothing. I think sometimes these dudes think they're more interesting. Uh, to people th- than they really are. They they don't. All they want to do is see you play basketball. You, that's what you do. And because you do it so well, you're a media. You, you're a, you're a darling. People love to watch it. That's all part of the media. Without any of the media coverage, if nobody watched NBA games and no reporters reported about them, and if it wasn't on our show and every other sports show in the world, and if it wasn't like plastered out on every billboard, you you would have nothing. I, and and Kyrie, like, look, you might still be happy playing basketball. You wouldn't be flying around on private jets. Yep. Like you wouldn't be in the Maldives doing stuff like that. Like you wouldn't have your own signature shoe. And I bet you love all of that stuff. You understand what I'm saying? Like being an NBA player, dog, I was one. Like, and I taught, I loved it. Like I was sure I'd be depressed at times for my performance. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, not clinically, but like just down. Like yeah. I was shooting a slump. Like, you know, sometimes you don't want to get up and go to the gym. That's, oh, that's normal life. That's everyday people stuff. Right. But generally speaking, it was fantastic. Right. It was the, it was a dream. I lived the dream. Kids ask me, like, what was the best part of the NBA? Every part of it. Like, I lived a dream for 12, 13 years. Every day I woke up, I was in a dream. Like, it was phenomenal. Like, so it, it's, it's hard for me to understand how, like, angry and, and, and negative these dudes are about what I imagine was their dream also. I totally agree with you. Uh, if you don't, his quote was, I re- didn't really come into this game to be cameras in my face, to be famous, be a celebrity, whatever embodies that. It's a little hard for me. I wanted those things when I was younger, but now I just want to play basketball at a very high level. Then why are you making Uncle Drew? Why are you stilling? And that's not a commercial. I have no problem with endorsements. This is to be a star, to be more famous. You're in a movie. But even if you're doing commercials, Danny, the end game there is to be more famous. Like it's, <laughs> exactly. like, that's what it all is. It's right. to be more famous. And whether you wanted to be a, like when you were young, you wanted all of that. I get it, but like, You don't just get to stop, bro, unless you say, I don't want to play basketball anymore. Shut it, Kyrie.